Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to this solo round of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I wanted to jump on and talk to you quickly about the influence that Charles Poliquin had in my life, in my career, uh, in my future. And I felt like right now is an opportune time. I just had a, a podcast cancellation. We had some technical issues, and so I had some time, and um, I've been meaning to do this for quite a while since Charles' passing. And for those of you that don't know who Charles Poliquin is, uh, he has been an icon in the strength and conditioning world for the past 20-some years. A really a revolutionary figure that was far ahead of his time, uh, ever since he began his career um, and who has produced probably more Olympic caliber athletes than any other strength coach in the industry. And I started studying with Charles in uh, 2007 or 2008. Um, and then, of course, now here in, in 2000, it's now 2019, but he passed towards the end of, of 2018, which was devastating uh, considering he's only in his early 50s or, or mid 50s or so. And so what I wanted to talk to you guys about today was um, 10 things that I learned from Charles Poliquin, the strength sensei. And the first thing that I learned from Charles was the power of community. One of the things for us strength coaches, for us personal trainers, for those of us in the nutrition industry is it can often feel like we are living on a deserted island. Often this is due to the fact that we live our lives, unlike many of the other people in the American population or in the world, because oftentimes we're very diligent about our training, we're very diligent about our nutrition. And because not too many other people see the value in living that type of lifestyle, Oftentimes it can be hard to associate with people. people. People simply don't understand what exactly that entails. And it's certainly to no one's fault, but it's just the way that things are. But with that said is it can be hard to uh, be around social situations because so many things have uh, revolve around food. And of course in America, so many of those foods are, are crappy foods, processed foods, alcohol. And I'm certainly not an outlier in that I eat that well or am that diligent, but nonetheless is if you're in this in this world, oftentimes it just feels like you are alone sometimes. And so it was through Charles' courses that I really started to embrace the power of community, that I started to associate with other like-minded people, that I started to build my network and that I really found a comfort, a level of comfort um, by just simply just being around these other practitioners because we thought the same. We lived the same type of lives. And so it was so easy to relate to other coaches uh, you know, because of that. Um, but with that said, is it, it's, it has the same value in in talking about when we start an exercise in a nutrition program that it's so fundamentally important to align ourselves with people that think and act 
the way that we want and should be acting if and it's i'll give you an example is crossfit is a has done such a remarkable job at creating community around their training it's there's nothing fundamentally special or or that different about the type of training that they're doing relative to other gyms out there there's nothing fundamentally different about the type of nutrition that they offer but what they've created so much value in is is building such a strong community where people can show up they feel supported they feel like they belong they've created a level of accountability to the degree that I believe that's why people are so successful but that's also something that I found so much value in when I started taking not just Charles courses but courses in general in that I automatically had a really like-minded community that I knew related to me and would be able to support me. The second lesson that I learned from Charles is that you got to pay to play and I believe this is true in not just this industry but in all industries whether it's hiring a coach, whether it's hiring a consultant, whether it's paying someone that has been in your shoes and done what you want to do, paying them for their knowledge and sweat and blood and tears and experience to teach you the shortcuts that you need to uh, grow your career. And that's what I did early on after taking a couple of Charles courses. I hired him. This was in 2009. I hired him at $1,000 an hour is what he was charging at the time. And I certainly did not have the money to afford this. But I went out on a limb and I said, if this is going to move me in the right direction... Uh, and help me leapfrog to the next step in my career, then it's worth it. And to this day, it was one of the best decisions that I made in my career. And it wasn't so much about the consult itself that was so valuable. Um, We talked a lot about, I talked about some of the clients I was working with, what he would do in those situations. I talked about some of the lab testing that I was currently utilizing with clients and his opinion on some of that stuff, some of the discrepancy that I'd seen in the literature versus the labs. So we had some good conversation, but really what it did was getting in front of him, helping him know me, uh, get to know me, to understand how serious I was about my business, about the type of clients that I was working with, about my level of expertise in education, and that I was getting good results with clients. And what it did was shortly thereafter, Um, he started to actually refer me clients. And this built, helped me build an extremely positive networking uh, group of, uh, again, community members, an extremely strong network of um, somewhat powerful people uh, that ultimately ended up creating new business partnerships, Uh, In a roundabout way, it helped me get a contract with a major NBA organization and also helped me essentially launch my supplement company selling for what not only creating, but also selling the the complete essentials all in one workout product. And I do, I do heavily attribute all of that success to this one 
decision that I made to invest in myself and invest in my career. The third thing that I learned from Charles was to teach through storytelling. And for anyone that's taken a course or listened to Charles speak, you know that he's a very good storyteller and uh, he could have you enamored with just just the, the just the great stories that he was telling and he was hilarious with the stories he would tell his attention to detail what a great memory he had and and really was you know regardless of whether or not the story was true what he created was usually just such a great way to help us remember the important principles related to in his particular case, nutrition to strength training, to nutrition, to supplementation, um, to the degree that there's so many small details that I remember about certain aspects of all of those facets of health and fitness simply because of the way that he taught it. And what it's done for me is helped me take a step back from just talking about information for the sake of sounding smart and using big words and rather trying to relay information in a way that's analogous to other things in our lives to help people understand these important aspects more effectively because you can use all the big words you want you can have as many degrees as you want uh, but it's not going to do justice to helping our clients understand those things if you can't break it down into a seemingly simplistic, easy-to-understand uh, way. And I feel like that is a very valuable lesson. Number four was to be polarizing. If Charles was anything, he was polarizing. And people loved him or they hated him for it. But he owned up to it and he never flinched. And this is something that I've struggled with for so long in my career is putting out information, God forbid, that people are not going to agree with and being judged as such and continues to be something that I continue to struggle with. But ultimately, he taught me to be okay with putting out content that people may or may not agree with as well as telling clients what they need to hear not what they want to hear and I appreciate him for doing that and for leading that charge and I think it's something that's very necessary in the crowded noisy space that we're in with all of the health and fitness and nutrition related information out there I understand now that I don't need to attract every single person. Rather, there's going to be those people, likely if you're listening to this podcast, then you in some how or way or shape or form relate to me and, and what it is that I have to say and the type of guests that I bring on. And that's cool. That's all that I need. I want you to be here and I want to be able to share information for you. And if anyone doesn't resonate with those types of things, then they don't have to listen. And that's totally cool as well. Number five is something that I feel Charles dealt with um, very extensively in his career. And that is that the path to success 
is never linear. Uh, Charles had a, a very tumultuous career, in my opinion. And, and while I won't pretend to know the depth and severity and pain associated, I do know that his highs were, were, were certainly accompanied by plenty of lows. Um, and, and this makes me sad because, especially with, with his recent passing, it makes me sad because I felt like Charles was at such a pivotal point in his career in that he was always producing amazing content, uh, but, but most recently, just in the last couple of years, I think he himself realized that there was more value and power in, in community and that it, wasn't, it, it, it really wasn't serving him to be potentially so polarizing or so brash as um, he has been, had been in the past. And so with that said, is I feel like he was really starting to network with amazing people that were willing to share his, the, the incredible content that he was continually creating. And with that, is I feel like the best of his career was yet to come. And the lesson for me is that as a business owner, as someone that's striving to put out good content, um, someone that's an entrepreneur, I fully understand and embrace the highs and the lows of business and life. And it's not just business, it's, it's life. And it's, we have good days and we have bad days. And to not get too caught up in the good days and not get too bogged down by the bad days. Rather, what I'm learning is to really embrace the bad days to use them as learning opportunities and to almost get excited about the failures or the things that just don't go the way that I had hoped they would go because it's a, a valuable learning opportunity and likely represents a pivotal time in my life and career that I'll only grow from and be able to do something more effectively the next time. And I do feel like that's a trait that all good entrepreneurs need to have is uh, to embrace those failures and, and look at them optimistically and say, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Again, the road to success is never linear. And so what can I learn from this this downtime? What do I need to do differently next time? The, the sixth, uh, number six is to question everything. I was brought up in a very uh, academic household. My father has a PhD in molecular biology. He has a, a law degree. He practiced in um, in patent and trade infringement litigation and he's a very analytical man and my mom has a, <clears throat> a master's degree in in linguistics and I learned early on and I don't I don't say those things like they're the end all be all they, they are what they are um, but I say them just to give you a background of the way that 
I was taught to interpret things. And the way that I was taught was to be very analytical and skeptical. And so with that said is I went through my career. I started my career by getting a master's degree as was expected of me to continue to learn through academia because that's how we learn things. We learn through institutionalized education. And whenever I, um, whenever I was at a loss for what to do next, my only solution was to go back and learn more. And so I went back and I got a second master's degree, master's degree in clinical nutrition. And I almost think I used it as a scapegoat to simply have an excuse to not put in the time and energy necessary to further my career. But that's, that's just neither here nor there. The point is that I'm glad that I did. But with respect to Charles and with respect to the courses that he taught, the analytical and skeptical nature of my background was very advantageous for me because a lot of the things, because he was always on the forefront of research, of nutrition, of supplementation, of training, I was always fascinated with what he was teaching. Even though there wasn't research to support many of the things that he was teaching. And so that really forced me, especially with some of his early biosignature coaching programs. Um, and that forced me to dig in and to find out more about nutrition and supplementation and to not just take his word for it, but to do my own diligence to, to scour the research on specific supplements and, and methodology. And, and that also was one of the reasons why I went back to school for a degree in, in clinical nutrition. But because of that background, because I do question everything and because I don't take anyone's word for it, I was able to learn a lot more about nutrition and the impact on the body and, and supplementation and ultimately create my own supplement and supplement company and ultimately the way that I get the types of results that I do with my clients and why I'm so passionate about what it is that I do uh, is because of that mindset of that questioning and analytical and skeptical mindset and so I would encourage you to question everything, not to take my word for it or any of my guests on the podcast. Um, I do believe that there's things that will resonate more with you than others. And, and for those things that do resonate, don't, uh, you know, don't use it as an end-all be-all, but rather go find out more about it and how you can apply it to your life. Number seven is to prioritize what really matters. And I always had a tremendous amount of respect for Charles and his relationship with his daughter, especially being the father of two girls. Um, I could see in my conversations with him and whenever he was teaching, the way his eyes simply lit up whenever he spoke about his daughter and his fondness for her. <clears throat> and you knew instantly that the hard shell of his physique was really just a facade for 
this, you know, Plato underlying layer that he had, certainly for his daughter, and I know this fondness for he for that he had for some of his, uh, some of the practitioners that and some of his friends and. And for, for uh, you know, a handful of people in his life that really knew him. And, and again, as I'm not saying that that was me, but I saw it within him. And uh, I knew that he prioritized those things far above and beyond anything else in his life. And I respected him very much for that, regardless of what he displayed on the outside. And, rather, and, and regardless of what he displayed through his social media posts or through his articles or through what his portrayal was through the media and through other practitioners in the industry that had never met him or learned from him. Number eight was I learned how to ask good questions. <laughs> and I did this because earlier on in his teachings when i first started taking courses with charles in 2007 you as a defense mechanism you learned very quickly not to ask dumb questions because if you did and when you did or when someone else did in the class and you had the privilege uh, of witnessing the onslaught that ensued he would literally look at you as if he was trying to melt you with his eyes. And the verbal assault that followed was, I think, equally penetrating. And to be fair, this approach to teaching that he had earlier on softened significantly in his later years, in, in the last few years, certainly, and that brings us back to why I feel like he was doing such a powerful job of, of, of sharing incredible content. The way he was teaching was so much more effective, but it almost forced you in a good and a bad way. Again, is it forced you to really put thought into the types of questions that you ask to take a step back and think through what it is that you're trying to ask. Because having taken thousands upon thousands of hours of continuing education classes, being obviously a health practitioner, seeing some of the ridiculous questions that people ask in courses through social media, the time wasted through nonsensical social media threads is ridiculous. I To the degree that I feel like this should be a college course on how to actually ask a effective question. And it's certainly something that I've learned through practice and repetition and certainly running a podcast now and trying to do my diligence to the expertise of the, of the practitioners that I bring on. But that, I do believe that that was a powerful force in getting me to wrap my head around, okay, is what I ask right now as simple as me looking it up myself? Is it as simple as a yes or a no? Is it as simple as asking someone else in the class? Am I wasting his time in asking this type of question? Or is this something that I legitimately want to know the answer 
from? And is this something that's legitimately going to provide value to every single other person in the class uh, and to, in this particular case, everyone that's listening? So I appreciate him for that. Uh, number nine is to give credit where credit is due. And again, this is something that I have not done enough of. I admittedly have not done enough of this in my career and that I'm trying more and more of the last couple of years to respect and that I need to continue to do a better job with. And again, it's give credit where credit is due. And, and, and Charles had a remarkable ability to tell you exactly, I don't know, he had this, I, I believe he had a photographic memory. So he had this remarkable ability to tell you exactly when and from whom he had learned a certain topic, tool, or tip. And, and having had, you know, an uncountable number of people plagiarize his work to date, he was especially great about recognizing those that blazed the trail before him and to respect those that had done the work for him and to honor those that had taught him with his vast wealth of knowledge to, 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 to honor those people. So I, I really respect that and uh, want to embody that in my practice. The last thing that I'll share with you in regards to the top 10 things that I learned from Charles Poliquin, rest in peace, is what you appreciate, appreciates. And Charles taught me the power of gratitude to help me attract what I want in my life. To use gratitude as a way to focus on opportunity, to focus on new possibilities and and positivity rather than problems and negativity. Because it's like he always used to say, no pissing, no moaning. Rather, be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you've done, for those things that people have provided to you, for you, with you and to appreciate those things and to share that appreciation with those people. And it's been since I've started to practice gratitude consistently in my life that my abundance, my happiness has grown significantly and it's not material abundance it's it's the type of people that i attract the business that i attract the health and emotional health and mental health and the quality of the people that i want to serve in my life has appreciated exponentially and i attribute all of this to expressing gratitude and again, so what you appreciate, appreciates. And I encourage all of you listening to start to practice gratitude in your daily life. For me, it's writing down five things that I'm grateful for. 
every single night before I go to bed, as well as writing down things that I'm grateful for that have not yet happened, but that I can envision happening in my life. In addition to obviously what I'm grateful for that I have in my life. And there's so much, so much that I'm grateful for, especially you for taking the time to listen to this, to share your time with me, to share your questions with me, to honor you know, me as a, as a hopefully a helpful resource for you to help you improve your health and fitness in life. That's all I could ever hope for. And so I want to thank you for your time and energy. And I want to thank Charles. You, Charles, made an indefinable impact in my life. And I only wish that I could have shared this with you sooner. Thanks so much, guys.